0: and welcome to Family History Modernize the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. We have Allison Kimball on the other line. And Allison, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Jessie. I love talking about family history, so this is fun for me.
0: I'm really excited about this conversation because, like I told you earlier, I just look up to you in so many ways, and you have so many great ideas. And I know that my listeners will come away very inspired. So thank you again for coming. Thank you. Um, I wanted to start out and have you tell us a little bit about Light Keepers. I know that you and Rana have put a lot of time and energy into this conference, and if you could just tell us maybe a little bit about the process and what it is, that'd be great.
1: So about, it was probably about six months ago, we just, in a conversation, started talking about things we wished we had when we first started um, this family history journey, Mm -hmm. and two of the things were a a book, right? Something that was a step-by-step, simple, not... Sometimes you look at genealogy things, and and at least for me, it's so overwhelming. You've got to have this and this and this, when really so much of it is simple and and can be broken into small things that are, are really meaningful. So... As we were talking, we, we thought it would be really great if we could take what we've learned in the different uh, places, from the different places we've taught and mm. kind of put it all into one big workshop and then have a coordinating workbook, right? Because we want it to be something that that you can um, get get messy. Uh,
0: yes. <laughs> I, I love
1: journaling. I love, I, so, so the tangible part of that was really important to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It shows the name light keepers, um, in part, um, you know, light, as far as the light of Christ, we're both very religious. So that was the first part of that. But the keeper part, part came, um, as I, I love, um, I love the idea of, of, uh, a the keep, a castle keep. Mm. And, And, you know, the king, he puts what is most valuable in that keep. And so as I look at family history, um, for me, I think about it in that way, what is most valuable and what do I want to preserve? What are the stories, uh, that in my life that are meaningful that need to be preserved and what do I want to share with my children? Um, and 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 just the anyway the idea of this keep so that's that's where mm-hmm. light keepers came.
0: Mm, I love that. Can you tell us? So there's going to be a class or conference at oh, right. Roots Tech.
1: Yes. So Roots Tech uh, 2018. Um, they are providing a the workshop space that we had we had uh, dreamed about talked about I don't know mm-hmm. uh, so it will be March 1st 2018 and you can sign up at rootstech.com/lightkeepers and it's a separate it's separate from rootstech so this is a, a a trial right they've never done anything like mm-hmm. this before and uh, we'll just be walking through family history Uh, records, research, stories, we're going to just try and put everything we can um, into a one-day event that will hopefully give you, hopefully you'll walk away with the tools you need to be successful, and more importantly, just be inspired about who you are and your the way you fit into family history, both for the past and the future.
0: Mm. I am so excited about that. I definitely think it was inspired because I have taught the family history course in a few different wards that I've been in. And there's not really even a manual to teach family history during like with our church, you know, that our church puts out. It's very outdated. (laughs) So I totally get where you're coming from, where you wanted this workbook that we can get messy. I love that and really, really dig into our family lines and learn about our ancestors. So I'm really, really excited for that. And I can't wait. So you said March 1st, right?
1: March 1st. Yes.
0: Awesome. All right. So let's switch gears a tiny bit and talk about your scripture journal process. I am always really inspired by these posts that you put out on Instagram and Definitely think that it's part of your family history because you you kind of interject pieces of your family history into these scripture journals that you do. So, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got started?
1: Sure. Um, When so, I've always kept a journal, right? Since I was eight, I've Mm -hmm. always written little bits and saved little bits of my life. Um, But about ten years ago, Elder Bednar gave a talk, and he talked about he was, he was doing some research for a talk and he printed off all of the scriptures related to a topic. And then he color coded the, the different passages based on categories. And then he cut them out <laughs> and put them back together. And my, my little mind, because I'm a kindergartner, went crazy. The <laughs> idea of color coloring and pasting and scriptures it just, it. I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it, and at, from that point, scripture journaling became a thing. Right? I, mm-hmm. I color and I draw and I look at the scriptures and the way I communicate with God so differently because, because, because of maybe the, well. I'm a, I'm a freelance artist, right? So color and texture and art is, has always been a part of my life. And incorporating mm-hmm. the two things just made sense to my mind. So when I look at my time in the scriptures, I have I've found more meaning because I've learned, one, the language of the Spirit, how the Spirit speaks to me, how I see and view the world as I write, Mm-hmm. Um, I've also found that as I write, I handwrite as much as I can, primarily because it helps quiet my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. We love
1: you know, for me with, with my kids and, and all of their comings and goings and everything we have, I feel like I, there's so much going on in my head that, that it's hard for me to listen Yeah, and something about writing handwriting and and this doesn't all this doesn't work for everyone right but for mm-hmm. me handwriting is slow and it requires it requires quiet thoughtful reflection and um as a result i i seem to hear what god is trying to teach me mm-hmm. more effectively as i have kept this journal so and and the thing I have really, another thing that I love is my kids, I mean, I don't know that they're going to want to read it, but maybe <laughs> grandchildren, they're going to be able to look back at who I am and know that I struggled. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have all the answers. I'm going to get emotional, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm not perfect, but I love God so much that I just kept trying that mm-hmm. I wanted to always trust him and they'll be able to see this journey of what I've learned and what it means to me and then maybe it will help one of them at some point so I journal right now for the therapeutic part of it but but I also keep these records for the future for. You know, if one thing I say or write helps somebody, then it's all been worth it. Hmm.
0: That's really beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I think that's such a great example of how we can use the talents that God has given us to personalize, you know, the instructions, the commandments that we've been given to study the word of God and to keep a record and we can really personalize it to what works for us. And that's, you found that this scripture journaling is a perfect fit for you. And I think that ties into family history too, because there's so many different ways that we can do family history work that fits our life and you know the things that we love to do already. So. Sure, and, and people
1: might, one thing that when we teach, sorry to interrupt you. No, um, you're good. But we found that there are so many things that we're already doing that are Mm -hmm. part of family history that you don't maybe don't think about. Oh, wait, that's family history. And, and so Mm -hmm. that helps with the guilt, right? I'm, I'm super guilty of (laughs) one more thing I'm
0: not doing. Yes, exactly. I know that's so great. Okay. So you've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but how do we help people preserve memories? I know that you kind of call yourself the family record keeper. And I think that's really beautiful, but what benefits have you seen in your life of, of assuming that role and being the record keeper?
1: Uh, Benefits, I guess. I think I see because we live in a time when it's so easy to preserve our records or our memories or our stories. Um, and because I do it in so many, or keep the record in so many different ways, a, a simple way that has benefited my family. Um, I've got this sweet teenage son who is struggling, right? He's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, junior high is the armpit of humanity, I've just <laughs> and, and as he's trying to figure out who he is based on, you know, just uh, his adoption, our family, friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to feel loved when you're a teenager. And the other day he went through, um, just grabbed my phone, got on Instagram and I have created an individualized hashtag for each of my children. Mm. And he got on his hashtag and for an hour, Aww. he just scrolled through the pictures of himself, read the things that I wrote, the comments that people made and he came across a picture towards towards the end of the his little feed, mm-hmm. and it was of my grandfather, his great grandfather, who passed away several years ago. And he was uh, my son; just was a tiny, tiny little guy. And he saw this picture, and he started to tear up, which he never does mm-hmm. because <laughs> men don't cry. And he just said. I love Walito, mm-hmm. and he loves me. And I knew at that one moment that what this record that I kept Instagram is so simple, but it was so meaningful and had such an impact on his life. And the other thing I learned was that my grandfather, who is now an ancestor, his life will help my son in ways I am just learning. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful and it was simple and it just, it just didn't take that much. So Mm -hmm. being the record keeper, those are the moments that I'm looking for, right? Those are, that's why I do it.
0: right?
1: And it it might not be, you know, it just, you just never know. You know, one of the kids will pick up a chapbook and read something and Again, based on my Instagram feed and, mm-hmm. and we'll have a conversation with or, or pull out a scrapbook. So there are just so many ways that we can keep those records. It, it makes me think about what I wish I knew about my grandparents and my great grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the big drives of being the record keeper for my family. What yeah. what is there? What can I share and what is not there and, and my, the responsibility I have to record.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I love that so much. I think that that is, that's, you know, one example where you said we're already doing family history work. So many of us are posting pictures on Instagram. And if we can just be a little more intentional about how maybe we post it. And I love that you've got little hashtags for each of your kids. I definitely want to start doing that because that story just, touches me so much. And I think, you know, right now I'm in the throes of young children and it feels like it's never going to end. And there's just always (laughs) constant needs that, you know, they're constantly needing me, but thinking about when they're teenagers and they don't want to be around me or they're having a hard day and they can look back at these moments when they were smaller. I think that is really inspiring. So thank you so much for sharing that. Let's Talk a little bit about your Walita. Hopefully I said that right. <laughs> Perfectly. Um, I know that you took care of her for a really long time, and I'd love to hear what you learned during the process.
1: I uh, think, well, I don't know if I took care of her. So I live next to We live on a street, We it's very unique, where everyone on my street is related to me. My brother, my mom and dad, and uncles and aunts. Wow. And abuelita, which is grandmother in Spanish. So my maternal grandmother lived next door to me
0: Mm. um,
1: probably for about the last eight years of of her life. And um, I had the opportunity, especially towards the end of her life, the last few years, to go over if not daily, for sure, weekly, uh, towards the end, it was, it was daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sit with her, right. Being a caregiver is exhausting and hard. And, um, my aunt just, she needed time a little a- away. She needed to, you know, she, she needed to do things. So it right. was, it was a privilege to be one of those, uh, people who could go and help care for my grandmother. Um, And it's something, a treasure. I am so thankful Um, I got to go and we would sit. uh, She had Alzheimer's, so her memory was was leaving her quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So we looked for ways to um, help make her life meaningful. Um, My parents have made a, a Google Drive where they've just put all our family pictures and documents. Um, And we would just, every time I'd go over, I would just flip through the Google drive and she would tell me the stories or, or things that she remembered. And, and it was new, right? Every time I went, Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember that we'd done it the day before or (laughs) even the hour. before, But I learned something new every time, you know, she, she would remember something different or not remember anything at all. But it was, it was a sacred time for me to spend with her, caring for her and, sorry, and giving back. She has done so much for our family, so much for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that this was, it wasn't a sacrifice. It was an honor um, to spend that time with her. I, I love her dearly. So I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. It, it makes me, and it's not, right, it, it's caring for an aging parent or grandparent is not something everyone can do. And I know there's circumstances that prohibit and and, and and make it so that not everyone can have that opportunity. I understand that mm-hmm. it was unique, but it's, it was a treasure for me. So Mm. I'm, I'm really, and, and I clearly overshared it because everyone knows.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No way. I think it was my
1: my emotions were so tender and to the surface and I, I probably posted too much, but that's okay. That's who I am. No,
0: I don't think so. I think it shows what a big part of, you know, your life this was and how much she means to you. So I definitely don't think you overshared. (laughs) Um, Is this the same grandma that taught you how to make tortillas?
1: It is. It is. Now, I'm just going to put this up front. I am the worst tortilla maker in my family. (laughs) Uh I love tortillas. I love to eat them, but I clearly uh, don't make them as much as I should. So, as we start off, I just have to put that caveat. Okay,
0: well, I'm sure they're a million times better than my tortillas (laughs) if I were to make them, so... (laughs) Um, I know you've, you've posted about this and the process of the tortilla making, but, and I thought it was really beautiful, but I'd love to hear just a little bit about the tortillas and how there's so much more than just tortillas There's you know, it means so much more to you. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that. I'd
1: love to talk about it. Tortillas are delicious, <laughs> but, but it's a food, right? It's, it's just, um, of course in our, our, our family it's like its own food group Uh (laughs) you you know why have utensils if you have a tortilla (laughs) but but you're right it's more than that it's it's become a unifier Mm. um one person can make tortillas by themselves um but it's it's a job that because it's it takes a little more time it's always nice to have someone there um And I think that's the, that is really what it, what the tortilla is, right? It it brings people together. Mm -hmm. Um, So when, when my grandmother would start to mix the dough, you know, we'd grab our rolling pins and the same with my mom. Mm -hmm. My mom, in fact, one Christmas gave each of the grandchildren their own tortilla recipe and a rolling pin because as, as little kids, you know, in my house if somebody starts the dough everyone grabs their rolling pin and sits on the counter and and it becomes an uh, a group thing of uh an event mm-hmm. and there's nothing like the the sound of the rolling pin on the counter or the the smell of tortillas um, cooking on the comal, it's a magnet. You you can't resist mm-hmm. it. Every occasion has a tortilla. There's, you know, you can't go to a party, even Thanksgiving, right? You've got your turkey, your mashed potatoes, you throw them into a tortilla. <laughs> um, it's part of every day life. But along with that, when I would make tortillas with my grandmother or my mother, you know, if it's the two of us or a smaller, smaller setting, problems seem to be solved, or mm. because it's a, a one-on-one kind of a conversation. Um, stories of of faith were shared, impressions. Um, you know, there's always laughter and teasing, but there was there was always meaningful moments of. Building and and strengthening, that it became more than just a food, more than a staple, Mm. Uh, and it's something that I hope, you know. At this point, my girls are the ones that make the tortillas in our home. Like I said, I I was trying to find a picture of 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 me making tortillas, and I have none, in part because you know when I'm making them, I'm clearly not going to take a selfie, but. or I'm, I'm taking them off my kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just, I, I think we all have something like that. I hope we do. And, and food is a great unifier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's got, I think people have a food tradition that has that same, those same elements of bringing people together, the conversation in the preparation. Um, as I look back and maybe it's, just my family, but I, I don't think so. Food, food is a unifier
0: right.
1: and tortillas just happen to be
0: a delicious. <laughs> I love that. Now I want to come over to your house and have you and your girls make me tortillas. <laughs> Anytime. Oh, we've got a rolling pin for you. Awesome. Because that's, I have like, it's probably not even considered a rolling pin. It's like this ghetto thing. So hey,
1: <laughs> okay, well, the best ones are just I've got just a big, huge, fat dowel that my mom gave Uh us. uh, It's it's fabulous.
0: (laughs) I love that. And I love that that's just one more example of taking something that's already a part of your family culture and things that you already love. And it's, you know, you're turning it into family history and this tradition and this thing that is so essential to your family culture. And I just, I think that's so true that everybody can find something like that if you don't already have something, you know, a food that you go to that is your unifier. But I think just like your scripture journal process and, you know, keeping the records of your children, I think there's so many ways that we can, if we really stop and think about it, we can identify, oh yeah, I do that. And we have that in our family. And I think it's really inspiring to realize that, okay, I'm, I'm already doing some family history things and I just need to be a little more intentional and make sure that, you know, I'm, trying hard to convey that to my children. So thank you for sharing that. That was really beautiful.
1: Uh, You're welcome. And it it is something you need to tell them, right? When I, when I asked my little people, what is a family food tradition? They couldn't think of anything, Mm -hmm. but as we started to say, okay, well we made tortillas. Who was the first person to make them? Mm -hmm. How many generations back can this go? Mm -hmm. Um, Then, then we, we looked at our food and and, and what we um, make and eat differently and because we have we have so many things. there's the birthday macaroni and cheese that we have, mm-hmm. or you know there's theres there's these things that we don't recognize as family history. and unless we talk about them in that way and record right. them, then then it doesn't you know it's just another mm-hmm. food.
0: Yes, that's so true. Okay, so I'd love to hear how uh you make time for recording memories and stories with nine children. That just blows my mind sometimes when I think about how how many children you have and how much you accomplish and how I just I look up to you so much. But can you give us a little peek into your life and what what it's like?
1: <laughs> well, it's chaos is what it is. Um, it's changed over the years. So, my my four oldest daughters have um, scrapbooks, and and I would write them a letter every month, telling them things that that they did and and that were meaningful. But then you know, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, eight come along, <laughs> and I just couldn't keep up. And so they don't have those scrapbooks that that my older girls have, and and there is a little bit of, well, you love the girls better, <laughs> um, but their lives are recorded in a different way. Um, you know, I started blogging, and um, so their stories are online, which is hard because they because we limit and are are careful about their um. Time online. Plus, they don't want to be reading my mm-hmm. blog and they can play, play a game. Um, So, so I need to do better about something tangible that they can pick up. Um, but, but they are recorded. It's just in a different mm-hmm. way. And of course, then there's um, our youngest daughter, Loaf. That's
0: mm-hmm. her nickname. <laughs> She's and adorable. She,
1: she is fun, and her life is probably more preserved. There's more things about her than our first daughter, which, you know, they say it's the first one gets the most, um, but it's just, it's just in a different way through Instagram and, and, um, and the blog. So, um, I think how it happens is like anything that is important to you, you make time Mm -hmm. for it. Um, so find whatever it is, whether it's hand journaling making sure you post something on Instagram every day or write a blog post or make a scrapbook page. However you choose to record, you need to be intentional. You need to say, you know, from 10 to 11 or whatever, Mm -hmm. put it in your calendar. This is my time to do something. And it doesn't have to be big. It can be so simple. Like I said, Instagram takes me 10 Mm -hmm. minutes um and it's a simple 10 minutes but like with my son it was an hour as he looked through and read um so it adds yes. up so however you make that time that's really what it is 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 what is important and once you have um once you've narrowed down what it is you want to do then just make the time to do it because right? There's never going right. to be time. There's, there's, there will always be something else that will occupy that time unless you make a concerted mm-hmm. effort. And so record keeping has just been something that I've just been driven. It's, it's, I don't know, I can't even, like I said, I've, I've been keeping our record since I was mm-hmm. eight. It's just in me that that's my job. That's my part in family mm-hmm. history, right? I'm I'm, I do not love merging records, you know, know, things about family history that I just am not good at and I'm not, I don't feel passionate Mm -hmm. about, but the record is, is that's Mm, my thing.
0: I love that. Do you have an ancestor that you've learned about recently that you would like to share with us today?
1: Sure. Um, so we just had fall break and my kids, because I was going to be a good mom this fall break. (laughs) I dragged them out to Antelope Island and it was really such a hardship. <laughs> it was so long. What are we going to eat? Even though they eat before we left. Um, But Antelope Island was um, settled by my ancestor, Fielding mm. Gar. And so I knew that going out there. I, I remember going out as a child. Um, but I didn't, I hadn't remembered all the wonderful things about who he was. Um, And I wish I had thought to rush up on those before we went, but still it was wonderful. It was fun. They complained. They (laughs) hated it. We have pictures and someday they'll look back. Just like, I'm sure I didn't like it when I was a child, right? It was probably hot and there were bugs Mm -hmm. and the great smelly. There's just nothing you can do about that. Um, But, but as i look back it's it's a fond memory so that's what i'm hoping i will uh, look back on but as i was i came home really excited to try and remember or i re-relearned mm-hmm. or maybe i just learned <laughs> i don't know uh, about who he was and his life and um he was remarkable i i don't, I don't even know his, his wife, Paulina, who, you know, we could go do a whole podcast about her and Mm -hmm. fielding, uh, but she died early on, um, before this, uh, before the Mormons traveled to Utah. She died uh, a few months after the prophet Joseph. And as she was, um, I, I think she knew she was dying. She asked fielding to please make sure to that her that the children would would know the gospel would know about christ and and would be faithful Mm -hmm. and he he did that he was a widower for the rest of Mm -hmm. his life and he taught his children and he served and he sacrificed and reading about um the things that he sacrificed and the experiences he had crossing the plains and settling over on Antelope Island. And it was just, it was beautiful and inspiring. And, you know, his life wasn't perfect, I'm sure. I'm sure he complained. I'm sure there were, I mean, clearly there were hardships. He he did so much on his own without his, his beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was inspiring to me. All that he did accomplish, and he didn't record the he didn't record keep the record, right? So, so we have his life based on what other people recorded. You know, he was mentioned in journals and letters and histories. Um, and so someone compiled. I have a a, a lovely little book about him and his mm. life that was compiled based on what. Um, other people said about him, which I thought was um i thought was beautiful yeah. so many times we have um we don't have records of our ancestors, but somebody said something about them right i I know in my journal I will write about an experience I have with a neighbor or or online and and so as I'm looking at ancestors that I don't know anything about, I think can I go to a census record, find maybe who their neighbors were? Do they have journals and 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 maybe through this time period find something mm. about who they are? It it uh it's fun. It's a little bit of a detective kind of a sleuthing to figure out where, if something isn't written, where could I find something mm-hmm. to help build the story of who these ancestors are. And I think that was one of my takeaways about fielding Gar was, you know, what are the other ways if, if, if a record isn't written, Mm -hmm. um, how can we find and create and build that story? Mm, I love that. So if
0: you ever want to go to Antelope (laughs) Island, it's awesome. I know that's one place that I've never been. And I'm pretty sure I have some, Ancestor connection to that too So I need to take my kids on that Smelly hot trip too (laughs) (laughs) The
1: bison were probably their favorite So
0: (laughs) But yeah that really is such a great tip and something that I've Never really considered doing is I have a lot of people ask me how do I Find these stories and where do you look and What if I have nothing and I think that there's so many Especially now when there's pretty Much everything we could ever want To find on the internet we can look at the census records and I've never even thought of looking at the neighbors and seeing if I can find something through there. And that is just a really awesome tip. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Welcome. Yeah. You just never know. John's mother gave us a letter recently and it, somebody wrote a letter to, uh, so it would have been John's grandmother when her father died. And it was a simple letter just saying, you know, I'm sorry for your loss let me just share one experience. And as we, we I have the letter up on our, I've got some, some little um, clipboards. Is that what they're called on mm-hmm. on my wall? And I just have it there with a picture of the house because he talks about peeking in and seeing, um, grandpa Peterson reading his scriptures and, and talks about how it was a Norman Rockwell type Aww. painting of, of, of this man and, and, it just was a letter but painted this story of who he was that you know reading the scriptures was important to grandpa peterson and and the the lamplight and and the era Mm -hmm. it just it was it was lovely so a simple letter can really Mm -hmm. paint and and context and meaning so yeah you never know where you're going to find a story so
0: true Okay, well, Allison, it has been so much fun to talk with you today. I just wanted to ask you one more thing before I let you go. But I'd love to hear, um, so you've talked about how, you know, you've been into journal keeping and record keeping since you were a small girl. And so I think you've always felt this drive and this connection to your ancestors. But what advice would you give to others who maybe feel like all of the work has been done, or I know you just posted a blog post on the small seed about things you wish you had known I'd love to hear just some of your tips and things that you might pass on to someone who is feeling maybe like they don't have anything to contribute.
1: Um, Well, I, I, I mean, aside from the records, which I didn't, I didn't realize that was family history until a Mm. few years ago. um, I was the same way, right? My, my grandmother Juanita was instrumental in bringing 25,000 people doing their, their uh, temple work and their genealogy. So you know, I come from a long line of of family history. Genealogy was important. Um, and in my life, it looks different in that it's not all done. I mean, I I guess that's, I guess that's what it is. It's not all done. There are cousins and, um, people that they're just, it's just not done. So just start
0: (laughs) and you can't mess
1: up. Um, but but find your part, right? I mean, it's, you can't, you know, getting into the research and, and the thick of what genealogy is, is not something I can do Mm -hmm. every day. Um, so, so right now that's not my part. Keeping the record is my part. And, but maybe, um, Maybe that is is something you really like. It. My neighbor came over and she loves merging records and, you know, creating just this one strong family Mm -hmm. unit. I hate. (laughs) I dislike that that portion of family history. So you just never know what Mm -hmm. it is that is going to um, be your part, and maybe maybe it is all completely done. And so indexing could be something that um, is meaningful and and something that you can do to help other people. We recently um, indexing has a new uh, it's it's tender for me now. Um, my dad, um, he's a big mm-hmm. indexer and he sent us an email recently about a, a batch of names. They weren't even names. they were it was a property. Sorry, again, for <laughs> the tears. He, um indexed a uh, slave uh, list mm-hmm. of slaves, and it wasn't even their names. It was just male, 49, female, 25. And it has had such a huge impact on me because God says he's not going to mm-hmm. forget us, right? We're not forgotten, and that's part of why we do family history and we go to the temple is to remember who we are through our ancestors and who they are. Mm. And I, I don't know the names of those people and my dad didn't know the names, but God knows who they are. And as I talk about indexing, I always share this record and And they know that I know who they are, even though I don't actually know who they are, right? I I know there's a male, and he's 49, and this female, and she was this age, and this child. Mm -hmm. But they know who they are from that record, and now whoever I talk to will know them, and they're not forgotten. And someday it will all work out, and, and we'll have their names, and they will... There's just, there's a love, and I can't even explain how that Mm. happens for a nameless person. Um, So indexing is so tender to me now because of that one thing that it helps us Mm. remember somebody's parent, somebody's grandparent, somebody's Mm. child, um,
0: so that they're not forgotten. Yes, that's so beautiful. You have such a beautiful spirit about you. And I, it really has been so wonderful talking to you today, Allison. Thank you so much for, sorry about the tears. No, I love it. I, it really has been very inspiring. So thank you again for taking time out of your busy day to chat with me today. And I look forward to continue following along and seeing all that you're up to and the chaos of your big family. I just, I love it so much. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Jesse. You guys, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history work with all of you. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Family History Modernized. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at familyhistorymodernized at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.